0: Learn how at usps.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable.
1: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 14. What it feels like to no longer worry about money by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalists.com get ready to maximize your potential with optimal finance daily the podcast that brings you the best content in personal finance five days a week your optimal life awaits now here's your host dan warren Hello and welcome to Optimal Finance Daily, where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And today, I've got a post for you from Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalists.com. He's a best-selling author, writing instructor, international speaker, and one half of the team that makes up The Minimalists, along with Ryan Nicodemus. The two write about living a meaningful life with less stuff. They have four million readers And Joshua himself has written four books, including a critically acclaimed memoir, Everything That Remains. So I'm very much looking forward to sharing this post from Joshua Fields Milburn with you in just a moment. And before I get into today's show, just like The Minimalists, I do not have any ads to read to you at the moment. So if you'd like to support the show for free and even have a chance to win a book by these very minimalists every month, Come join the Optimal Finance Daily weekly newsletter. Just text the word financial to 44222 or visit oldpodcast.com. And with that, let's dive right in and start optimizing your life. What it feels like to no longer worry about money by Joshua Fields Milburn of Minimalists.com. Growing up in a poor neighborhood with a single mom was not, as they say, child's play. Drinking and drugs and familial anarchy permeated the walls of our cockroach-infested apartment, not to mention all the baggage that comes with that lifestyle. Discontent, anxiety, uncertainty, depression. To add insult to injury, we were broke. Like, flat broke. Dead broke. Poor as church mice. I'd have to remove my shoes to count how many times our electricity got shut off on Warren Street. By the time adulthood was at my doorstep... I thought if I made enough money, I could circumvent mom's path. I could somehow achieve happiness or at least finance it. So I spent my 20s traversing the corporate ladder. Fresh out of high school, I skipped the whole college route and instead found an entry-level sales job with a corporation that let me work six, sometimes seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. I wasn't great at it, but I learned how to get by and then how to get better. I bought a big screen TV, a surround sound system, and a stack of DVDs with my first big commission check, by 19, I was making over $50,000 a year, twice as much as I'd ever seen mom bring home, but I was spending even more, racking up the credit card debt. I obviously needed the three Ms in my life, make more money. So I worked harder, much harder, and after a series of promotions, store manager at 22, regional manager at 24, I was at age 27, the youngest director in the company's 140-year history. I'd become a fast-track career man, a personage of sorts, which meant that if I worked really hard and if everything happened exactly like it was supposed to, then I could be a vice president by 32, a senior vice president by 35 or 40, and a C-level executive, CFO, COO, CEO, by 45 or 50, followed, of course, by the golden parachute. I'd have it made then. I'd just have to be miserable for a few more years, to drudge through the corporate politics and bureaucracy that I knew so well, just keep climbing and don't look down. And so I didn't look down. I looked up, and what I saw was terrifying. You shouldn't ask a man who earns twenty thousand dollars a year how to make a hundred grand. A successful businessman once told me. Perhaps this aphorism holds true for discontented men and happiness as well. All these guys I emulated, the men I most wanted to be like, the VPs and executives, were not happy. In fact. They were miserable. Don't get me wrong, they weren't bad people, but their careers had changed them, altered them physically and emotionally. They'd explode with anger over insignificant inconveniences. They'd scowl with furrowed brows and complain constantly as if the world was conspiring against them. Or they'd feign sham optimism, which fooled no one. They were on their second or third or fourth marriages, and they almost all seemed lonely, utterly alone in a sea of yes-men and women. Don't even get me started on their health issues. I'm talking serious health issues, obesity, gout, cancer, heart attacks, high blood pressure, you name it. These guys were plagued with every ailment associated with stress and anxiety. Some even wore it as a kind of morbid badge of honor, as if it was noble or courageous or something. A coworker, a good friend of mine on a similar trajectory, had his first heart attack when I was 28. He had just turned 30. But I was going to be the exception, right? Really? What makes me so different? Simply saying I was different didn't make me different. Everyone says they're different, says they'll do things differently, says things will be different when I'm in charge, just need to sacrifice a few more weeks, months, years until I make it there. But then we get there, wherever there may be. And then what? We don't work less. If anything, we work more. More hours, more demand, more responsibility. We are dogs thrashing in the collars of our own obligations, on-call like doctors, fumbling through emails and texts and phone calls on the go, tethered to our technology. But unlike doctors, we're not saving anyone. Hell, we can't even save ourselves. You see, money didn't grant these men happiness. Money didn't bring them a sense of security. The pursuit of money, the blind quest for more, crippled them, transmogrified them, actually made them less secure. I knew guys who earned half a million a year, but who were such a financial mess that they couldn't get a loan for a Toyota Corolla, and all these men had one other thing in common. Many moons ago, they too thought they'd be different. Like them, I figured once I achieved a certain level of success, as soon as I'd made it, I'd no longer need to worry about money. But the truth is that back on Warren Street, it wasn't the lack of money that made us poor. No, mom and I were poor because of poor decisions, repeated poor decisions. These days, I earn far fewer greenbacks, but my decisions are better. Last year, as a 31-year-old indie author, I brought home less money than my 19-year-old commission check earning self, way less actually, but I also paid off debt, traveled the country, and felt more secure. Most importantly, I didn't worry about money. So I guess this is what it feels like to no longer worry about money, a feeling I didn't need to earn a pile of cash to feel. It turns out that repeated good decisions, not money, allow us to let go of the worry that plagues us. Once I let go of the worry, I had
0: nothing to worry about. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: You just listened to the post titled What It Feels Like to No Longer Worry About Money by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalists.com. And if you have any comments about that post, maybe a comment about the author, let us know. Come visit OLDpodcast.com and share your thoughts. And don't forget, you are automatically entered into a drawing to win the book Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life by the Minimalists every month if you are part of the Optimal Finance Daily family. To become part of it, just text the word FINANCIAL to 44222. That's text the word FINANCIAL to 44222 or visit the website oldpodcast.com. And that is it for episode 14 of Optimal Finance Daily. Tomorrow, we'll have another new author on the show, so I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from amazing bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, Come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life.